Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. The Comic Web sells all the old time radio programs heard on our podcast, as well as comic books and more. Check out our Superman radio podcast, and we have a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. Go to our website, comicweb.com, for information on how to get them, or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. I hope everyone saw the U.S. Algeria World Cup game. Wow. Just wow. Anyway, back to our podcast. This week we are featuring an episode of Rocky Jordan called The Lady in Disguise. It first aired on May 8th, 1949. Time now for Rocky Jordan. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, Lady in Disguise. I'd met this Francine a couple of months before through a friend. She was pretty, like the cover page of Vogue magazine you see on the newsstands, even in Cairo. And I guess she liked American company. Anyhow, we hit it off together and did the town a few times. She especially liked to wander through the Muski bazaars and argue with the excited rug peddlers. When she told me she was leaving Egypt for France, we just said goodbye, and that was that. But when my phone buzzed with a long-distance call from Marseille that afternoon... I'll admit my heart skipped a beat. Rocky, darling! Hello, Francine. Can you hear me? Oh, clear as a bell. Save the bells for tomorrow night. I will be there to ring them with you. You'll be in Cairo, Francine? Yes. No, darling, don't tell me you have a date for that night. Uh, for you, lady, I'd break a date with Cleopatra. When do you get in? Evening sometime. Give me a chance to fresh up and meet me at the hotel on time. About 8.30, eh? Sure. How long you be here? It's a date, Francine. Au revoir, darling. Well, right away, I sent my best suit out to the cleaners and called the laundry to hurry up with my shirts. I was feeling so good that morning, I decided to open up the tambourine early before the help got there. I had hardly unlocked the front door before the parade started. It was headed by a familiar egg-shaped Egyptian in elevator shoes and an elongated tarpoosh on his head to bring him up to his idea of a big politician. Bringing up the rear was a big Senghalese and various native ward healers. The egg shape walked up to me and kept right on coming. Step to one side, Jordan. Ah, keep your fez out of my face, Kafar. Kafar Bey to you now, Jordan. Very important man, huh? Mm, certain people have learned to respect me, yes. Jordan, you and I had certain difficulties when you first came to Cairo. You were most uncooperative. Take it someplace else, Kafar. You tried to keep me out of business, but I'm still here. I'm well aware that you won that round, Jordan. However, many things have changed since then. I intend to impress you with that fact. Get to the point. What brought you here? 
My new official capacity as building inspector. Hold it, Kaffar. This place passed inspection six months ago, and you know it. Many things change in six months. It is possible I will have to condemn this building. Anything to throw your weight around, eh? Don't try it, Kaffar. Mashish! Alwa, Kaffar Bey. See that the tables and chairs are moved from that spot. Get the men busy immediately. At once. Arak! Yosef! Marlander. All right, that's all, Kaffa. You will not interfere, Jordan. I have authority. Not without a search warrant. Show to get out, quick. You are learning, are you not? Continue, Mashish. Your command, Kaffa Bay. Now, remove that section of the floor. What do you think you'll find there? Termites, perhaps. He's getting you in trouble, Mashish. Am I making myself clear, Jordan? Yeah, I get the idea, but what do the police think about this? Kaffa Bay has the thinking... Yeah, sharp boy. Yeah. Now, you two there, behind the bar, remove those bottles. They come under building inspection? In your case, Jordan, yes. Hey, that's expensive liquor, Kaffar. You're running up a big bill. Nectar of infidels, like you. You respect my official position now, Jordan? <laughs> you understand that I am a very big man? To me, Kaffar, you haven't grown an inch. I threw you out of here once and I'll do it again. Yeah. The touch of your hands is offensive. Uh, Bashis, remove him. Back, Jordan. Or the knife. Ah, brought all the equipment, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jordan, we will withdraw in our own way. What about my tambourine? It is in very bad shape. Yeah. Perhaps I will condemn it. Perhaps not. That all depends on you. See you later, Kaffa, when you don't have six other guys with you. Is that a threat, Jordan? I'll go you one better. It's a promise. Kaffar followed his stomach out the door, trailed by the Sengalese and the rest of the entourage, Indian style. Just in case some of them came back and I had to wrap a few heads, I spotted for my gun under the cash register at the front of the bar. It was gone. It took me and my bartender and the waiters and the cook and the dishwasher all that day and most of the next to get the tambourine back in shape. Replace the broken bottles of liquor with some more stuff from the cellar. But I wasn't going to let that trouble ruin my date with Francine. The cleaner brought my suit back in time, and Chang Lee did a good job on my shirts, and I was off for the Anton Hotel. It was off the main drag a little, not very imposing. At exactly 8.30, I stepped up to the desk. Yes, yes? I'm calling for Francine Tournay. One moment, please. Room 502. Mr. Ney, gentlemen, see you in the lobby. Pardon? Yes. Yes, I'll tell him. Uh, sorry, Mr. Ney is not to be disturbed. But I had a date with her. Call her back. Tell her it's Rocky Jordan. Mr. Ney does not wish to be... Give me that phone. Mr. Jordan, you will find the house uh, Give me room 502 and hurry it up. This is highly irregular. Yes? Hello? Hello, Francine. Who's this? Oh, what's the idea? This is Rocky. Rocky Jordan. Hello? Hello? Now, if you will kindly hand me that phone. Take it, Sonny, but I still say she's seeing me. The room clerk looked worried, but I punched the elevator button, and just 43 seconds and five floors later, I was knocking at room 502. She didn't open the door very far, so I pushed it the rest of the way. Well? We had a date. I did not have a date. Oh, that's right. Uh, mine was with Francine. I am Francine Tournay. Uh-uh. Don't you think I know who I am? Oh, sure you do, so why don't you tell me? And while you're about it, uh, who are you trying to pass yourself off as? I am going to call the house detective. Yeah, let's do. Are you Rocky Jordan? Yes. Now, where's Francine? She is not coming. 
She said she would write you and explain. She didn't write me anything. It looks like you know who I am, though. Why didn't you want to see me? I, I did not want to see anyone. Explain some more. Who are you? I am Marna Zenda. You got a passport, Marna? Francine's passport. I had to use it. It was the only way... The only way you could get into Egypt? Why? Rocky, it is none of your affair. Keep out of it. Francine will explain everything. No, I'd rather hear it from you. My, My father was an importer here in Cairo. It was a partnership. They were accused of running guns. My father knew nothing about it, but he got all the blame. He and all our family were driven out of Egypt. We lost our citizenship. What about the partner? He he had political affiliations and was not touched. It was he who was running guns, not my father. Uh, look, supposing your story's true. It is, Rocky. Why is Francine taking all this chance? What does it mean to her? Francine is my dearest friend. She was employed by my father's partner. She, of all people, should know that my father was innocent. She offered me her passport, her plane ticket, and hotel reservation. Well, it might work. You look a little like her. My mother is French. My father, Egyptian. This is our home. I had to get back to Cairo and square things. Exactly with who? His name is Kafar. Kafar Bey? You know him? A nodding acquaintance. Just how are you going to square things? That is still my business. Okay, let's keep it that way. Only watch your step around Kafar. He's a very big man. I didn't leave Marna any too soon. As I came out, I bumped into the room clerk. He had a house deck with him. I waved goodbye to him and went on out. Well, I figured if Marna was out after Kafar, I might as well get my licks in first. I'd made out an itemized bill for the damage Kafar and his boys had done to my tambourine the day before. So I was off to deliver it in person. It was getting late and there was a chance I might catch him alone. Kafar had moved to a big all-white place surrounded by a five-foot wall a little way outside of Cairo. I got there about ten o'clock and buzzed the gate, but no answer. I finally tried it. With a rusty squeak, it opened, and I walked into the courtyard and started for the house. Near the fountain was a statue, arms outspread, looking down. It struck me the statue seemed surprised. When I saw what it was looking at, so was I. There lay Kafar, still wearing his elevator shoes and oversized fez. But Kafar wasn't a big man anymore. Part of a shoulder pad was ripped away by a forty-five slug, and a couple of more had finished the job. When I turned him over, he was still warm. Just then, the gate squeaked up front, and I saw Kafar's big Sengalese coming across the court. I didn't know if he recognized me or not, and I wasn't waiting to find out. Who is there? Stop at once! I went over the wall and kept going. I figured Marna had gotten to Kafar first, and I didn't want any part of it. Well, I got back to the tambourine. I tried for some sleep and got nothing but bad dreams. I kept looking for Francine, with Marna showing up in her place. Next morning, when I came down to my office, I found a letter on the desk. Airmail special delivery from Marseille. Yeah, it was from Francine. Dear Rocky, I hope and trust that this letter reaches you before our date. You, you see, see, I, I won't be coming to Cairo this time. time. A very dear friend of mine, Marna de Zandar, is using my passport and accommodations. She will also be using my name while in Cairo. This must seem very strange to you. But there is no other way for Marna to get into Cairo. And this is most important to her. Please, Rocky, do not interfere. For her sake and for mine. You can understand why I did not think it best to call and tell you this by phone. 
When we see each other again, I will explain everything. Sorry, darling. Signed, Francine. Good morning, Joseph. Coming in the door, flanked by two of his uniformed men, was Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police. You have no greeting, Jordan? Ah, sure. Sit down. Have some coffee, Sam. It is an offense to refuse offered hospitality, but I have no choice. Meaning what? That I am here on very serious matter. Jordan, no doubt you were acquainted with one Kafar Bey. Uh, the Bey is your idea. It's just Kafar to me. Was he not here in your tambourine two days ago? Yeah, he and a lot of other guys. They tore up things. Want me to show you? In a moment. Is it true that you made certain threats toward this man? Well, you might call them threats. I didn't like his way of showing me how big he was. Why? Kafar is dead. Murdered. You better get busy, Sam. Kafar had a lot of influence. Jordan, you must know me better than that. Duty is no respecter of position. Uh, sorry. Where do I fit in? That remains to be seen. You uh, have a gun, I believe. A forty-five. I did have. Went for it after Kafar and his mob left the other day, but it was gone. Indeed. Will you show me where you kept it? Anything to oblige? I kept it under the cash register out front here. You turn it up and you get a reward. Jordan, has it ever occurred to you that a thorough investigation is to your advantage as well as... Go on. About that reward, Jordan. Don't tell me, Sam. Is this your gun? It looks like it. I tell you, it was gone. Three empty shells. Fired very recently. So that wraps it up. I shoot Kafar and then leave my gun here in plain sight. Kafar was shot, Jordan. But of course you knew. Oh, that's no trap, Sam. You need a lot more to tie me in. A witness, perhaps? I have one. A large sangle, he swears that he saw you running from Kafar's courtyard shortly after the murder. Well, I am waiting for your denial. Okay, Sam. I went to Kafar's place with a bill for the damage he'd done to my tambourine. He was dead then. When Mashish moved, showed up, I didn't want any trouble with him, and I got out. Oh. Why did you not notify me of Kafar's death? I figured Mashish would do that. I see. There is every reason why I should handcuff you at this moment. However, I shall wait for a report from ballistics. Give me a little rope, Sam, so I'll hang myself. Jordan, in Cairo, the penalty for murder is not by hanging. However, it is swift and sure. You are listening to Lady in Disguise, tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Chills on Monday night, a solid hour of them with Joseph Cotton, Valley, and Louis Jordan, recreating their original roles in the Paradine case. CBS Radio Theater presents an exciting and suspenseful adaptation of this fine motion picture, which was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Don't miss the tense and sinister thrills at 6, Monday night, on CBS. Now we return you to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Lady in Disguise. There were a lot more things I could have told Captain Sabaya about Kafar's death. How Francine Tournay had called me from Marseille that she was flying to Cairo. Only uh, another girl using Francine's passport name showed up in her place. After I got her real name, 
Marna Zendar, she told me she was in Cairo to square things with Kafar. An airmail special from Francine in Marseille then backed up Marna's story and begged me to keep out of it. All at once, I was Sabaya's A-1 suspect. My gun was being checked with the bullets found in Kafar's body. Well, I didn't have to flip a piastre to decide where I was going next. It looked like Marna had squared things in a hurry, so I was off for the Hotel Anton. I was walking toward the Sharia Macal to spot a taxi when all at once the sidewalk got crowded. Over, Jota. Hey, what the... Oh, Mashish. Alva, it is Mashish. Sengali's bodyguard to his honor, Kafar Bay. Uh, looks like you're out of a job, Mashish. It's true. But one more task remains. Over, Jota. You're getting in trouble again. I was trusted with Kafar's life. But you didn't protect him so good. It's true. I fail. I am disgrace. Enter the alley, Jota. Let's stay right here. The alley. Okay, Mr. The Alley. Now, what's on your mind? The death of my master. Well, you act like I did it. I saw you. You kill him. Now you die. Oh, that knife again. Drop it, Marcis. You let go my arm. You no. stood with a gun. Maybe I... you shot Kaffa. No, no, you. Let it drop. When we're alone, I can take care of guys like you. No, I... I had him by the wrist, but he was a tough boy, and the knife was getting too close. So I slammed him against the wall. His loose arm went around my neck, and I slammed again. This time the knife dropped. Marshy dived for it, I landed on top. He rolled around, picking up a lot of alley dirt. Then I had him on his feet again. He was lost without the knife, and like most natives, he didn't know how to use his fist. So I gave him the one, two. He called things off and was running away fast. Well, he could go. I didn't want him. It took me another half hour to get back to my place and throw on some clean clothes. This time I got to the Hotel Anton without any trouble. The room clerk was still holding his own. Yes, sir? Rocky Jordan to see Marna, uh, Francine Tournay. That is impossible, Mr. Jordan. Come on, get her on the phone and hurry. That, too, is impossible. Miss Tournay is not here. Where is she? I really couldn't say. As I recall, Mr. Jordan, Miss Tournay had no desire to see oh, you. Oh, cut it, Sonny. She doesn't need your protection. Mr. Jordan, Miss Tournay is not here. She checked out. She's taken her luggage with her. She's no longer registered here. Now, do I make myself clear? Not quite. Where did she go? Uh... Pound note help? Uh, it's most irregular. Take it or leave it. She left for the airport not more than a half hour ago. If I had any doubts about Marna before, I was sure now. I grabbed a taxi and told the driver to speed it up for Almaza Airport. He honked his way across Solomon Pasha Square, and in 20 minutes we were there. A big plane was warming up on the nearest runway. I got inside the station and started scouting around. A lot of people were milling in and out, and I did a lot of looking. Then a sudden face in the crowd sent me running. It took a split second for me to realize it wasn't the face of Marna, but of somebody who was supposed to be in Marseille. The face of Francine Tournay. And it was gone. I kept looking, and I began to tell myself I was wrong. Maybe I'd just been thinking too much about Francine the past couple of days. Plane leaving for Casablanca, Rome, Marseille. Gate one, last call. Plane leaving for Casablanca, I got over to gate Rome, one. Gate I wasn't one, a second too call. soon. Please, please let me Oh, you uh, in a hurry, Mona? Oh, 
Rocky, what are you doing here? Looking for you. We got some things to clear up. My plane is about to leave. I haven't any time. You got lots of time. Let me go. Let me go. I, I... Well, you call a guard. Go ahead. There's lots of them around. We talk about the passport you're using. No, no, please. They're closing the gate. Stay here, Mona. But, but I've got to get on that plane. But not now, you won't. You know what you're doing to me. I'm about to find that out. Over here behind the fountain. Come on, where we can talk. Well, well, Mr. Jordan, you have decided to make this your affair. You have bothered me in every possible way. Now you have made me miss my plane. What more do you want? I won't ask you how you lifted the gun for my cafe. That's not important. What gun? The one you used to kill Kafar and plant it back on me. I don't like your way of squaring things, Marna. Oh, I see. Rocky. Yeah? You, you've got it all wrong. I did not kill Kafar. It's too late for that. You're trying to get out of Cairo fast, so it tripped you up. I will admit I was frightened. When I learned of Kafar's murder, I was afraid I would be blamed. The authorities would soon find out who I really am. Well, you wouldn't want that, would you? Rocky, you of all people should know that I would not kill Kafar. Tell me real slow. I did tell you. I came to Cairo to clear my father's name. The minute I found the one man who could do that, would I kill him? That's one I can't answer. Now that he is dead, no one can help me, not even you. And Francine told me you would understand. Sure, I'm to understand a murder that's pinned on me. Maybe you had other reasons. How do I know your story's true? Rocky, at what time was Kaffar killed? It was about ten o'clock when I found him. He hadn't been dead long. I could not have been there. From the moment I arrived at my hotel yesterday evening, I never left there till this morning. You expect me to believe that? Ask whoever you like. The doorman, the bellboy, the room clerk, the waitress, and the restaurant. All right, we'll do that. Come on, Marna. And that's what we did. Marna stayed with me, and we went back to the Hotel Anton. I had a lot of conversations. First, I talked to the doorman. I remember this lady well, sir. She arrived in the airport bus at 7.30. I was on duty until 11. She did not come out this door. After that, we went over to the desk and had a chat with my friend, the room clerk. Yes, yes, I'm certain she did not leave the hotel last night. As a matter of fact, I talked her on the phone shortly after you left her room. We uh, have certain regulations, you know. Well, if he was looking for another pound note, he didn't get it. Next, we looked up the waitress in the hotel restaurant. Sure, I remember her. No tip. She came in at 9 o'clock and stayed too long. Lamb chops with no potatoes. Reducing, I guess. Well, the bellhop told me he'd taken ice water to a room at 10 o'clock right on the nose. I talked to a few others, but they all came up with the same answer. Well, do you believe me now, Mr. Jordan? A lot of people would have to be lying. That is not likely, is it? Maybe not. Mona, if you're smart, you'll check in here again wait around a couple of days. But, but being in Cairo is dangerous for me. Not as dangerous as running away. Huh. You are so thoughtful of me, Mr. Jordan. But as long as you are running things, I'll be here. That's when I went back to the tambourine. It looked like Marna had cleared herself for Kafar's murder. But after running all over Cairo, I still hadn't helped my own case a bit. The afternoon rush was on when I walked into the tambourine. When Chris, my bartender, saw me, he jerked his head to a back table and kept on drawing a beer. The place was heavy with smoke, and I couldn't make out who it was. As I went back, it dawned on me like a camera fade-in. Again, the face of Francine Tournay. Rocky, darling. It's really you, Francine. But of course, mon chéri. I've been looking everywhere for you. At the airport? You saw me there? Why did you not say something? I tried to, but you were gone. Are you not glad to see me, Rocky? Oh, sure, Francine, sure. 
Did you get my letter? It's right here in my pocket. Said you weren't coming to Cairo. <laughs> A woman can change your mind, Nespa. Yeah, but your passport. Well, I decided if Mama could get in on somebody else's passport, so could I. So here I am. Oh, when'd you get here? Today, at noon. Does it matter? Francine, your friend Marna's in trouble. Yes, I know. Poor Mama. I saw her last night. She gave me a big story about coming to Cairo to square her father's name with Kafar. It is true, Rocky. Marna's father was convicted of running guns, and his whole family lost their citizenship. Kafar was his partner, and... Doing it all. When I found that out, I quit his employ and went to France with Mama. I only wanted to help her. You did? She was very bitter, but I had no idea it would come to this. I didn't dream that she... Did she kill him, Rocky? I don't know. Well, let's forget it for now. Oh, it's not that easy, Francie. I know, but we can try, can't we? Take me someplace, Rocky. I won't be long in Cairo, and I won't. Okay, Francine. Let's get out of here. Oh, oh, oh I dropped my purse. Yeah, I'll oh, get it. I am so sorry. The silly things in a woman's purse. You're not kidding. Oh, uh, this yours, too? Yes, my airplane ticket stub. Thank you, Rocky. Now shall we go? Oh, Francine. Yes, Rocky? I almost forgot. There's a couple of things I've got to clear up here. Why don't you catch a taxi and go on to your place, huh? Where are you staying? The side house. Well, I'll see you there. Very well, Rocky. Au revoir. Francine didn't know what had stopped me. It was the sight of an official black car drawing to the curb in front. Sam Sabaya got out and waited, and so did I. The cat and mouse game went on for a little while, and finally he came in. Bring the handcuffs with you, Sam? Jordan, many times you and I have had difficulties. In every case, I have been inclined to give you the benefit of the doubt. That's right, you have. However, in this case, I have no alternative. There's no odd feelings. You will come with me, Jordan. Sure. Oh, front seat, Sam. Where's the rest of you boys? I prefer it this way. Get in, Jordan. Is there uh, anything new I don't know? The gun I found in your cafe this morning, you still say it is yours? I won't argue. I have a report from ballistics. It is the same gun which killed Kafar. So you're arresting me for murder? What would you do, Jordan? I'm glad I don't have to answer that one. Anyhow, it looks like you're ruining my evening. That's the Saheed house up ahead, isn't it? Hmm? Uh, yes, it is. I had a date with a pretty little French girl there. Just got in from Marseille. That's when it hit me, like lightning hits a desert. Sam, stop the car. Huh? Stop it what? quick. Jordan, what are you doing? Come with me, Sam. Get back in the car. I'm holding you, Sam. Come on. Oh. I barreled into the lobby of the Saheed house with Sam training close behind. I had a quick look at the registration book on the desk, then grabbed it up and took it with me and made for the stairs. Sam kept protesting all the way, but I didn't wait to explain. In 15 seconds flat, we were knocking at a room on the second floor. Yeah. Why, Rocky, you made it in a hurry. Not any too soon, Francine. Come in, Sam. Who is this? Captain Sabaya, police. But I don't understand. At the moment, madame, neither do I. Well, come on, George. Uh, let's clean it up. I'd like another look in your purse, Francine. My purse? Rocky, darling, what is wrong? Ah, the airplane ticket stub. You told me you flew in today, Francine. Rocky! When I picked that stub up off the floor back at the tambourine, the date didn't register at first. Here, look at it, Sam. Uh, this ticket was used two days ago. Sure. Now, exhibit number two. 
The hotel register. You will not find my name there. Any name will do, just so the handwriting checks with this letter I got from you this morning. Let's see. Here we are. Mona Hargis, alias Francine Tournay, checked in two days ago. You're being stupid. Worked fine, didn't it? You made it here in plenty of time to kill Kaffar. But the letter, I mailed it yesterday for Marseille. That proves I was not here last night. Who oh, you're trying to protect Mana. You're in love with her. That is One moment, Miss Honey. Continue, John. Took a lot of planning. The phone call to make sure I ran into Marna. The letter you wrote but had somebody else mail yesterday from Marseille to prove you couldn't have been here. You're lying. You plan to sneak into town, kill Kafar, and get out, planning the murder on Marna. Or if not her, me. Then why would I come to your cafe? What else could you do? When you went to the airport, you found out Marna was taking the same plane. Then you had a hunch I saw you there, getting away in the crowd. So you decided to cover up, come to me, and said you just got in. And why would I kill Kafar? You once worked for him. Doing what? I was merely his secretary. That include juggling the books to throw the blame for the gun running on Marna's father? Maybe when it came time for the payoff, Kafar double-crossed you, too. Miss Tournay, any further statements you have to oh, make? Oh, one more thing. How'd you get the gun in and out of my cafe, Francine? Hm. Money will buy anything. Hm. We shall see, Miss Tournay. Uh, Jordan, I... Uh, uh, no apologies, Sam. Right now, I've got a few mistakes of my own to clear up. With Marna. Well, when Sabaya finally got the full story out of Francine, it checked pretty close with mine. That cleared things for Marna Zandar and her family, and they were permitted to return to Cairo. And I finally had my date. Francine was uh, tied up, shall we say. So Marna and I did the town. That suited me. She liked Americans, too. CBS again at this same time next week for another story of adventure and intrigue when we take you back to Cairo and the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Jack Moyles plays the title role with tonight's story by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool. Rocky Jordan is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music by Richard Arant. Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs> 